0: coming to you from the Woodland Baptist Ministry Center, home of the Woodland Baptist Church, on the 19th of November, 2023. Proclamation of Thanksgiving. Something a little bit different. I hope you have your your handout. Our message today is based on a Thanksgiving proclamation. Proclamation. Thanksgiving proclamation where we talk about this thing called Thanksgiving. Now in a few days, here in our nation, we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving. And where that has pretty much degenerated into is some huge feast, and and then a lot of sleeping afterwards. But the idea of giving thanks sometimes finds a back seat here. So I sort of wanted to push it up to the front this morning and talk about how this came about, and especially in our country, and how it has connections to our walk of faith and sharing in giving thanks. Now, what we understand is Thanksgiving here in America, and I apologize to anybody who might be watching this video in some other country, there's gonna be sort of an America theme this week. We came about by way of the, of, well, usually people go back all the way to uh, the pilgrims coming and those kind of things. But as we know, Thanksgiving, it really came about because President Lincoln established a time for national time of giving thanks. And unfortunately, we don't ever hardly talk about that. And so this is the part where you forgive me ahead of time. I'm going to share some of the proclamations that have been made so that you have an understanding of what where we are now and why we got here. So my first one is, is actually the proclamation that was made by Lincoln in uh, 1864. Oh, by the way, you know, the president now often pardons the turkey, you know. That came about because of President Lincoln's son. He was young young boy that was in the White House and being in the White House he didn't have a lot of friends and someone had given a live turkey to the White House, I suppose, for the purpose of providing a meal. But Todd or Tad, the son, had taken the turkey and started treating it as a pet. And so he even got him to walk with a leash and all those kind of things. And when it came time for the execution of this bird, he uh, went to his father and he says, Dad, I've been watching you as president pardon this person and this person and this person. Would you pardon my turkey so that we don't have to eat him, but I can keep him as a pet. And so the first, presidential pardon for a turkey was because his son wanted to keep that bird for a pet. But in 1864, actually October 20th, he made this proclamation. And uh, the part of the proclamation, I will give you his his declaration, but I want to give you the whole thing so that you have some context. Here's his proclamation. It has pleased Almighty God to prolong our national life another year, defending us with guardian care against unfriendly designs from abroad and vouchsafing to us his mercy, many and signaling victories over the enemy who is of our own household. It has pleased our Heavenly Father to favor us as well, our citizens in their homes, as our soldiers in their camps and sailors on the rivers and seas with unusual help. And he has largely augmented our free population by emancipation and immigration, while he has opened to us new resources of wealth and has crowned the labors of our working men in every department of industry with abundant rewards. Moreover, he has been pleased to animate and inspire our minds and hearts with fortitude, courage and resolution sufficient for the great trial of civil war to which we have brought by adherence as a nation to the cause of freedom and humanity and to afford us reasonable hopes of an ultimate and happy deliverance from all our dangers and afflictions. Now, therefore, I, Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States, do hereby appoint and set apart the last Thursday of November next as a day which I desire to be observed by all our fellow citizens, wherever they may be, as a day of thanksgiving and praise to Almighty God and the beneficial creator and ruler of the universe. And I do further recommend to my fellow citizens aforesaid that on that occasion they do reverently humble themselves in the dust and from thence offer up penitent and fervent prayers and supplications to the great disposer of events for a return of the inestimable blessing of peace, union, and harmony throughout the land which he has pleased to assign as a dwelling place for ourselves and for our posterity throughout all generations. In testimony thereof, I hereby set my hand and cause the seal, the United States, to be affixed. Done in the city of Washington the 20th day of October, A.D. 1864. I want you to notice a couple things that... Lincoln put in here. First of all, he didn't wait for everything to be good in order to give thanks. This proclamation was in the midst, still, of the Civil War. The nation was still divided and regardless of what people think about the Civil War, and there's lots of opinions there. He, his prayer was for the people that they would come to a place of humbly acknowledging God's hand in his care for this nation. So Thanksgiving doesn't have to be given when things are just good. We're coming up on Thursday, which would be the last Thursday of the month. And we are going to celebrate Thanksgiving. Are we going to uh, pause to give thanks and as he says, I commend the people to humble themselves in the dust and from thence offer up penitent and fervent prayers and supplications to the great disposer of events so that we might live in peace. Hmm, Is that how we are planning on spending this Thanksgiving? Well, maybe, maybe not. Well, that's the the one that we turn to when we think in terms of the establishment of Thanksgiving. He actually had given another proclamation a year before that. And so we see that, if I can find the right one here, On October 3rd of 1863, he's in the midst of, of this ongoing struggle. And he talks about, and I won't read the whole thing, but he talks about how the enemies from without were taking advantage, advantage of, this, of the strife that was going on within the country. And he praises God on this day of declaration of thanksgiving because God had protected the nation from outside forces coming in and using our internal struggle to take advantage of the country. And so on that date, a year before, he invites his fellow citizens on every part of the United States, all those who are at sea and sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe also that Thursday last Thursday in November, as a day of thanksgiving and praise for our beneficial Father who dwelleth in the heavens. Did you notice Abraham Lincoln had no problem talking about God? He had no problem of saying, we have someone to give thanks to. It isn't just a matter of being thankful. We have someone to give thanks to. And so, uh, on your handout, I gave you the list of these, so if you want to look them up, you may. But he didn't come up with this idea by himself. This actually had been part of uh, what had happened in the country uh, years before. So we want to look at what Abraham... Abraham Lincoln's previous um, president had said, and Washington himself, George Washington in October 3rd of 1789, calls upon the nation to offer up Thanksgiving. He says, where is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits and to humbly to implore his protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have set by joint resolution, a joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safe safety and happiness i read that and i go did you catch what it just said that the congress had suggested to the president That we have a day of thanksgiving. They all got together and said, Hey, George, we need to do this. Could you see that happening today? Mm -hmm, Probably not, probably not. He goes on to say many things, but again, it's sprinkled throughout with two ideas. God has been so gracious to us. And the other thing is we need to humble ourselves before him. When we come in Thanksgiving, we need to to do that with a humble heart. You know, even that statement wasn't the earliest statement about Thanksgiving on the national level. course, if I don't start all my papers, back in 1777, the Continental Congress got together and they wanted to put this forth, and so I'll read this for you, at least the first part of it, it says, for as much as it is the indispensable duty of all men to adore the superintending providence of Almighty God and to acknowledge with gratitude their obligation to Him for benefits received and to implore much farther blessings as they stand in need of. It It has been pleased Him in His abundant mercy not only to continue to us the innumerable bounties of His common providence, but also to smile upon us in the prosecution of a just and necessary war for the defense and establishment of inalienable rights and liberties, particularly in that he hath been pleased in so great a measure to prosper the means used for the support of our troops and to crown our arms with most singular success. It is therefore the recommendation of the legislature or executive powers of these United States to set apart Thursday, the 18th day of December next, for solemn thanksgiving and praise. And he goes, oh, another proclamation, but they weren't done. Now now think in terms of the Continental Congress, all these men getting together and saying this, that at one time and with one voice, The good people may express the grateful feelings of their hearts and consecrate themselves to the service of their divine benefactor and that together with their sincere acknowledgments and offerings they may join the penitent confession of their manifold sins whereby they have forfeited every favor and their humble earnest supplication that it may please God through the merits of Jesus Christ mercifully to forgive and blot out remembrance that it may please him graciously to afford his blessing on the governments of these states respectively and prosper the public council of the whole. He goes on and describes the different elements, the commanders, the the so on and so forth. And then this is the last line of that recommendation for them to participate in Thanksgiving. It is further recommended that servile labor and such recreation as though at other times innocent may be unbecoming the purpose of this appointment to be admitted on so solemn an occasion. I could see that coming out of the House and Senate this week. Well, maybe not. And I didn't raise this to bring condemnation on our, on our nation and its current status, but it's just to show a little bit about how far we slipped away from that in this, our nation. And while that may not come down from Congress this week or a proclamation by way of the President of the United States, it certainly is a reminder to us of our heritage and also our need to offer profound thanksgiving. So all that was by way of introduction, I invite you, to turn with me to first chronicles chapter 29 first chronicles chapter 29 these are the last chapters in the in the book of chronicles 28 and 29 as david king david's life is winding down And he had desired to build a temple for the Lord. And the Lord said, no, I'm going to have your son do it. He's going to build it. You're not going to do it. You're a man of war and blood. So David said, well, I've got a plan and I'll just pull the resources together. I won't build it, but I'll get the stuff together. And so in these last chapters, that's exactly what happens. He pulls the stuff together. In the first part of chapter 29, we read that he gets the people together. He says, Solomon is going to be the builder. And let's see what we have raised. And he goes and describes in the first part of this chapter exactly how much Uh, gold, gold and silver and bronze and iron and all the materials to build this temple. And when they're all gathered together, David is rejoicing that the people have given so willingly. And so he offers up a prayer. And I want to share that prayer here. Verse 10 and following. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. But who am I? And what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly? For all things come from you, and of your own Have we given you? For we are strangers before you and sojourners as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow and there is no abiding. O Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. And in the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things. And now I've seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever Such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts towards you. Grant to Solomon, my son, in the whole heart that he may keep your commandments, your testimonies, your statutes, performing them all, that he may build the palace for which I have made provision. And then David turns to the assembly and he says, Bless the Lord your God. And all the assembly blessed the Lord, the God of their fathers, bowed their heads and paid homage to the Lord and to the King. And they offered up sacrifices, a great deal of sacrifices. So I just want to make a couple points concerning these things. First of all, the proclamations that had to do with the United States. I am so thankful that we have been blessed as a nation to have leaders like those described here as Abraham and and, um, George Washington, that they would come along and they would say, we recognize that we are here because God made it so. We are dependent upon him and we haven't been perfect, but God has been always good to us. So I give you three points here. One, provision. God has consistently demonstrated his ongoing grace and mercy. And the reason I I separated that from the next two points is because God does that regardless of whether we recognize it or not. not. He's the one who has shared in our lives and preserved us. When we say grace and mercy, I gave you some definitions down below. Grace, getting what we don't deserve, the blessing upon blessing that we shouldn't have gotten, but because God loved us with a, such an everlasting love that He gives and gives and gives some more. And what greater gift could be than Jesus Christ, our? Savior and Lord, but also he has shown us mercy for God being a righteous God could have judged us for our sin and I hope you picked that up when we read of Lincoln's and Washington's proclamations. They said, we don't deserve this. And we humbly come before you and ask for forgiveness. It is the acknowledgement of our failure and our sin. And the fact that God would continue to pour out blessing is only a demonstration of his grace and mercy. But it's not enough that God does these things. If we're going to give Thanksgiving, we have to perceive that. There comes a time when we pause and recognize those gifts. Now, it could be on a daily basis. I mean, we don't have to wait for Thanksgiving once a year to do it. But there are people who will go right on through Thanksgiving receiving the benefits of God because he has the rain on the just and unjust alike. They have received blessing at God's hand but they don't recognize it as such. It was either my labor has got me here or, you know, I won the lottery or whatever it is. They don't see it as God's hand, a blessing. But anybody who is a believer should immediately find this point to be true that while God is consistent in showing his mercy and grace to us, It comes to points in time in our life when we go, that was God. That was God. He did that. That wasn't me. It wasn't my skill. It wasn't my ability that got me here. That was God. Story after story, down through the history of of Israel and even in our country, we have seen God intervene when it would have been a hopeless situation for us and God preserved us and we go, oh yeah, it's just because we're a good nation. No, no, no. It's because God was gracious and merciful to us. and We need to recognize that. But you know, we're still not to the point of thanksgiving because God did something and he consists consistently does show us grace and mercy, and we come to the place of recognizing that, and and we see, oh yeah, this was God's word, we haven't gotten to the place of thanksgiving. Because thanksgiving is a proper response to these gifts as a declaration of thanksgiving. In other words, we have to speak it and say it. It is a matter of not just being thankful, but giving thanks, that's where the idea of Thanksgiving comes from. So the question is, are we going to declare our thankfulness, especially when we come Thursday? Are we going to just say, uh, thank you, God, for this grub, you know, and, and then go to it? Or is it a matter of us being so thankful that we acknowledge how much we have and that we don't deserve it? But God has has shown it to us. We acknowledge it and we declare it. You can see the rest of the page then, I put two columns. And this is for your own benefit, sort of, a tickler file for yourself to prepare yourself for the day of Thanksgiving if you'd like to, to do this and that is to write down some things that you have seen God's hand in grace in your life some things that you didn't deserve but God gave them to you anyway how about some the other side the mercy some things that you should be paying for it, but you're not paying for it because God has been merciful, didn't call you on that. So I would encourage you to take this almost like a worksheet and write down some things. And I said, for our nation, and for your family, and for yourself. And so you could have several categories under there, Things that you see in our nation, things you see in your family, things in your own life, both mercy and grace. And I would encourage you to prepare that and then use it. Declare those things. But you're not going to get off that easy this morning because we're not done yet. On the other side of your handout is Psalm 136. And Psalm 136 was written for just an occasion like this. So what we're going to do is let you participate in the reading of Psalm 136. And your part is to do the part that's on the right where it says, for his steadfast love endures forever. So I'm going to read the part on the on the left, and then you all together can respond. You all together can respond. For his steadfast love endures forever. Well, hopefully by the time you get it to the bottom, we'll all be together on that, but... <laughs> We're going, to, we're going to skip verses 17 through 22. I put them in here, but they're specific to the Jews. And we'll skip that. So we'll go from 16 down to 23 and finish up. Here we go. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, for His steadfast love endures forever. To Him who made the great lights. For His steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day. For His steadfast love endures forever. The moon and stars to rule over the night. For His steadfast love endures forever. To Him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt. For His steadfast love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them. For his steadfast love endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm. For his steadfast love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two. For his steadfast love endures forever. And made Israel pass through the midst of it. For his steadfast love endures forever but overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness for his steadfast love endures forever. It is he who remembered us in our low estate. for his steadfast love endures forever and rescued us from our foes for his steadfast love endures forever. He who gives food to all flesh, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven, for his steadfast love endures forever. It would be an interesting task if you wanted to take that on, is to you to create some of your own statements on the left side that could be responded to with, for his steadfast love endures forever your personal history your personal experiences but that's what the psalmist was doing he was talking about those things that had happened in israel and he uses that to speak back to the people god's persistent care for us and reason for declaration of thanksgiving i pray that your thanksgiving would be one that is good that You reflect on God's grace and mercy this year, maybe in a way that you haven't done in previous years. Maybe you've just sort of slid into it. We know what society is doing. It's sliding right on by it, and it's already gone on to Christmas. But let's stop and give praise where praise is due. Thanksgiving to whom Thanksgiving is due. And that's to our God. Let's pray. Emily. Father, as we have read together this psalm, let it not be just a recitation that we close out this message with, but expressions of our heart. May it be truly what we think and what we believe that you are our God and you are great and worthy to be praised. You have shown us so much grace and mercy in our lives to bring us to this point. And it's not that our lives are perfect, either by our practice or even our condition at the moment. But like leaders of old who offered up Thanksgiving in a time of terrific turmoil, we can do the same even on a personal level. The Heavenly Father, if there's struggles going on in our heart and life, that does not hinder thanksgiving. For these statements are still true. Your steadfast love endures forever. Amen. And to that end, we give thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.